hashtag Tim and Friends. Of course, I go by the name of the kid, famous. You and now tuned in to the Tim and Friends show. Hello, education, entertainment, coast to coast. Ball it up, call it entertainment. Let's get this started. Uncle Tim, let's start this show with five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. This is Tim and Friends for March 10th, the year 2023. I'm Tim and Friends. Jesse Rubinoff, back Timmy. after a one-day hiatus. Good times. Yeah, I was at a charity event with a lot of uh, bright-eyed young professionals. Oh, nice. Just asking me what it's like to work with you. Just like you. With you. Exactly. Yeah, yes. Well, I'm not so young anymore, apparently. <laughs> uh, you're trying to tell everyone my age for the last couple <laughs> weeks. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's tough. Being around young professionals now, i got to say, you feel it. Why? You felt a little bit old in the I room? Felt a little, I felt a little bit old. Everyone was like, oh, what's it like to work with Tim? I was like, I can't stand it. Can't you tell? Yeah, I think most people yeah. can tell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it was, I was, I felt old. Were you a mentor in this thing? Like, what? what? Yeah. Oh, look at mentor. What do you want me to say? You want to lie? No, I like, I'm giving you horns, man. And you're getting, you're getting defensive. I'm definitely getting defensive. I don't like, it was like, it was like, yeah, it's uh, not awkward, but like humbling, I guess is the term. Were there, can you name any of the other people who were around you that were mentors or were you the only mentor? No, there were a lot of other mentors, like 20 plus oh, other okay. mentors. Okay. All much more wildly successful than I am. <laughs> <laughs> All of them. That's a nice way to say you can't name yeah. most of them. Right. No, I can't. I just, I don't know if they want to be named. Right. I don't know. I have no yeah, idea. I got you. I got you. They're, yeah. Well, well you ask these things before you go out. I, maybe. Yeah, I Missed you though. How you doing? Did you miss me? Yeah, strangely <laughs> enough, I did. Strangely enough, like 24 hours. This, like, uh, a little quick. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's a lie. That, no, that's a lie. We can roll back the tape. Stop doing that. <laughs> All right, let's keep the good times rolling. 90 minutes in the hockey central. Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets. Jesse, Seems is that Vladdy way. okay? Jesse? Hopefully. Can Team Canada compete, Jesse? <laughs> Some good. That's that's when I said when I said. Yeah. Did you really? That's what you did. <laughs> good old fashioned basketball beef. Uh, Raptors, Lakers, Oilers, and Leafs both coming off their most impressive wins of the season, meeting mm, tomorrow wins. in Toronto. Mm. All that coming up over the next ninety minutes of what we hope is edutainment, <laughs> of what we hope is almost as good as well. This monkey's reaction to a magic trick. Yeah. All right, the caption, and take this in. The caption was, Why do I feel like it was sarcastic? Mm. The reaction was sarcastic from the monkey. Watch again for the timing on the reaction from the monkey and tell me even though it's hilarious that it might not have been sarcastic because i think maybe it was sarcastic watch see ya on either way it's awesome. is it like I feel like monkey having a monkey would be a fun pet. Do, do they? Some people have. What do you? No, I don't think so. I think they grow into bigger monkeys, and, and then, then it a becomes problem. a problem. Yeah. 
obviously I've never had one. Yeah. So or, or, or you end up at an Ikea in Toronto. Yes. One of the two. <laughs> that's, that's one of the two. All right. Yeah. Listen, we would never pull a fast one on you. Now we care way too much for you. What? Stop. I'm being told I have to tell you to fix your collar on your jacket. On my jacket? Yeah. Right. Someone wrote in and said, please. Oh, uh, yeah. You, usually. Uh, Just figure it out. Usually we get that covered. Yeah. 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 We usually get that covered. That's fine. That's fine. Well, we, no. I, I, oh. We got a lot of things to do here. How about my pocket the, square? No, it was my the, pocket square. Okay, now I got to check everything. Uh-oh. It's my fly. I'm gonna up. hear about this now. I'm gonna mm-hmm. hear. Oh, let me check that there too. You oh, We're all good. Yeah, we're all good. <laughs> hey, there it is. <laughs> that was not planned. All right. Quick thinking by the folks behind the scenes. That's why we have the best. Well, folks don't get in trouble. Did you know that we had the best folks behind the scenes in all of TV, Jesse? I feel like the timing on that comment's interesting, considering I just told you to put the collar down and you. There's a little saltiness in your voice. I could hear it. I could hear it. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. There was no, no, but we salt. do 100%. There's no question about it. No. Roll back. We're going to roll back that tape Okay, later. fine. Zero saltiness. Okay, Honestly, yeah. zero saltiness at all. Fine. You look I'll great now, it. though. I fix it. It's fine. It's on me. It's fine. How's my hair? <laughs> Tim and friends, we kick off the festivities with the first things first. Don't laugh too much. So witty. That might be salty. How are you so witty? Jesse, as always, ear to the ground. So what's the whisper, Alton Lister? Former basketball player? He got dunked on. Okay. Let's go to hockey. Rather famous dunk. He got dunked on. Yeah, you're right. You're correct. You are very correct. He's a basketball player. Should I know? There's one famous dunk. Like, is it bad that I don't know? Off the top of my head? Uh, It's kind of, it's in the news right now. Maybe we'll play that. And my non-salty reaction to you okay, asking fine. me to fix my car. Okay, if you're going to do that, Things I want to roll back my, uh, my reaction that you thought was a reaction that was actually, I didn't really do anything. I didn't with the, with, the, with, with the, the eyes. eyes. I didn't do anything. Oh, my God. We I begin did. with a huge win it's from the Oilers last night. The Bruins <laughs> jumped out. We're going to fight later. Me and you are going to fight. Yeah, maybe. Finally, we'll it's two we'll years see. in the making. We'll see. The Oilers battled back. Two years, two days. Yeah, that's right. Uh, three days. Two days. Darnell Nurse eventually scored the game winner with under five minutes left in regulation. Quite a victory for the Oilers. As Edmonton ends Boston's 10-game winning streak and hands them just their ninth regulation loss of the season. What did you learn about the oil last night? All right, I'm going to quote the legendary Jack Michaels twice early on in this conversation about what I learned about the Oilers last night. What I learned about the Oilers last night is that if they play like that, mm we can legitimately say that that was a potential Stanley Cup preview. Yesterday, Jack Michaels came on here Mm -hmm. and said, no one wants to say it, but the thing that's most exciting about this matchup is that it's a potential Stanley Cup preview. And we all did what you did. Kevin, Mickey, I both looked. Uh, Yeah, I I mean, I guess. Mm -hmm. You look at the Western Conference, kind of, sort of, wide open. Nice win by Vegas last night. We'll talk about that (laughs) a little later on. Colorado, healthy, obviously, is a good team. But if the Edmonton Oilers play like that, they are a legit contender in the Western Conference. Yeah, and what what was most impressive about, was it the resiliency? Was it the the fact that Conor McDavid... All of the above. Connor McDavid, not, I mean, was invisible. Yeah. It's never really invisible, but no points. But winning a game against the, te- the league's best team with Connor McDavid getting zero points is a step mm-hmm. for the Edmonton Oilers. Mm-hmm. Um, taking, not that step, that was a very bad step. Yes. Um, 
Don't want to Jack say Michaels also on this show said that Boston hadn't lost in regulation when scoring the first goal. They were 33-0-3 when leading after one period. They were 35-0-2 when leading after two periods. And the Edmonton Oilers, resiliency, they showed a little uh, intestinal fortitude, to quote Gorilla Monsoon, and they found a way to win. And normally, that would happen because Connor McDavid put them on their back Mm -hmm. and scored three goals. That did not happen. Stuart Skinner may have put them on the back. He looked really good. His last four starts, he's looked really good. There's just a bunch of things that lead this to be how tight they played them the last time these two met in Edmonton not that long ago. All those things lead to a very good sign for Jay Woodcroft and the Edmonton Oilers. Do you remember after uh, Matthias Eckholm's first game, I asked you if you were impressed with what you saw and you said pump the brakes a little bit on that? Fair. What's totally no, fair. no, but what did I say after pumping the brakes? Wait a little bit. Wait a little bit. That's all I said. Look yeah. good. No, it's fair. Yeah. What about now? I'm good with it. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's, yeah. Make, he's making a significant well, difference. Well, the, the, the matchup we're showing Evan Bouchard here for a reason because mm-hmm. he's that's who he's playing with. And now we're at five games, and now we're at a significant time on ice, and now we can see a plus six goals differential. Crazy. And a pretty interesting Forsey. Uh, Corsi. Forsey. <laughs> Forcey, Forcey. Yeah, that'll, you know be an analy- that'll be an analytic one day. Forcey? Forcey? Yeah, you sure. got to be careful with that. There's an- yeah, I guess so. I yeah. guess so. <laughs> Either way, listen, again, I hate small sample sizes, mm-hmm. making recency bias proclamations every day because then you end up with the 82 one-game schedules. But what we have seen from those two and a guy in Evan Bouchard, who I don't know if you remember this, but when they made that deal and I heard they were going to play him with Bouchard instead of breaking up Nurse and Cece, mm-hmm. I thought, what a great way to give a young kid confidence, right? Have someone there to clean up his mess. Because let's be honest, his defensive game is not his strong suit. No. And he's got a rock beside him. And that helps immensely. So, so far, so good. At home. And so far, so good with the Edmonton Oilers against the Boston Bruins. Now, can they carry that into Toronto? Yeah. We'll see. Can they carry that the rest of the season? We'll see. Can Stuart Sinner do the same thing? We'll see. All these things, I'm not ready to, to make the proclamation. I am firm in my belief that if they play like that, that's a Stanley Cup contender. Yeah, the ceiling is there. Right. Most definitely. Can you find the consistency? All right, the playoff race in the East is heating up. The two teams currently holding down wildcard spots. Faced off last night, the Pens were in control of a 3-1 lead before the Islanders came all the way back to force overtime where Brock Nelson scored the winner. So both teams came away with points. Didn't exactly bode well for the Ottawa Senators who were on the West Coast to face Seattle. Now Ottawa saw their early 3-0 lead evaporate, but they took care of business in the end, beating the Kraken in a thrilling 5-4 victory. Did this game make you more or less of a believer in the Sens' playoff hopes? I don't fudge it, no. You don't? Is that because of, of the Chicago game and what you saw from them in that game versus No, it was this? a 3-0 lead. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. listen, I know, Seattle's you know, good, Seattle can score yeah, goals. Yeah, they're good, they're fast. But that's the same old sense that we have known in the past, not being able to nail down mm-hmm. a victory that was almost assuredly, there. I mean, I don't know what the numbers were, on Bet Rivers when they're up three nothing, <laughs> but they are significant odds, and they were down four three. Like that scares the bleep out of me. Um, but let's be honest. Like 
Giroux's been good. Oh. This team's been good. Their next five games, Vancouver, okay, Calgary and Edmonton, Colorado and Toronto. It gets a little tougher. They can't do these kind of things against the tougher teams, right? Yeah. And this number, these numbers right here, suggest that since January 25th, they're one of the best teams in the league. And the most impressive part of this to me is the even strength goals. Because early on in the season, I told you this power play was unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And it is. They had a lot of pieces on this team that lend to a good power play. But they've been able to do it even strength lately. And you know as well as I do, everyone's spouting those five-on-five five statistics. That's pretty damn nice. Yeah, it feels like... Um just watching these games, it feels like the teams that are fighting for playoff spots now, there's an intensity level that has been significantly ratcheted up. These are basically playoff games at Without this point. Yeah. The Sens have been doing that for quite some time now. And their best players are performing. Like Claude Giroux's value for, for what he makes, $6.5 million a year, he's a point-per-game guy. And you bring Jacob Chikrin in, and he has been just as good as advertised. Matt Sogard's holding it down. So they need all their best players, sort of. He was big in the last minute of regulation. <laughs> yeah, you know, the when, they need, when they needed him the most. Yeah, it was Grant Fuhrer yeah. all of a sudden. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I got you. Yeah, Giroux, exactly. 16 points in his last Crazy. 11 games. Like, when... when 35. When, I mean, you mentioned all the teams in the, in the race that have yeah. turned it up. Like, let, hold on, Buffalo, right? Like, what the hell yeah. was that last night? They got bodied mm -hmm. by the Dallas Stars. I looked up and I was like, what? Sorry, what, what's that score? For yeah. those who missed 10-4 final. Yeah. It's just like it, it, the teams that are rising to the occasion are going to be the ones that are, end up fighting for a playoff spot. The Ottawa seems to be capable of playing that style. Well, they jumped a bunch of teams, yeah. right? Like if you look at the POF numbers, yeah. I know we don't like to look at the POF numbers on this show, but because they jumped a bunch of teams, their POF numbers jumped. And Buffalo's mm -hmm. went way down. Oh, Eric Comley was so tough. Mm -hmm. Like leaving him in for 10? For 10? 10 for good, buddy. It's an 80s game. It's an 80s NHL game. There's your POF right there. I mean, mm -hmm. this... The Sabres are down to 3%. I'm surprised at the Sens number. I mean, I know, I know they're four points. I get that. But I know when you have to, when you have to jump a lot of teams, that's where the, the percentage. But they don't got to jump anymore. There. Yeah, they just got to catch. The Senators. Yeah. The Sabres. But we all know yeah. Poff is horse bleep, right? Yeah, well, how many yeah. times in, in, yeah. in single games yeah. have there been, oh, this team has a 99.9% .9 chance yeah. of winning? It's all, it's all horse bleep. That's why we love sports, because that is horse bleep. Yes. How, do you, how do you determine that? Yes, you can't. You, you can't strike the schedule. I get it. I understand it. But in the end, you win one game, and all of a sudden the number changes 15%. Mm -hmm. That's when it becomes horse Not bleep. everything can be boiled down to math. No. Nah, not, not everything. everything no. uh, despite the two of us wearing By the glass, way, glasses. Yeah. Math Looking very, uh, very yeah, smart, math, very yeah. smart. Point. Yeah, no, I understood. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know, I understood. Point By the way, uh, How? McDavid said he's okay. I just want to pass that. Important. Along. Yeah. Yeah. We showed <laughs> no the kidding. we showed the knee on knee. I didn't mention that he was mm -hmm. asked today how the knee was. He said he's okay. So I just want to pass that along. Important for the Oilers. Fix my collar. Uh, entertainment. And I pass on the McDavid Perfect. information. Love it. Yeah. Okay, let's go to the Lightning and Golden Knights who <laughs> faced off last night. Alec Martinez buried the game winner in overtime as Vegas won four three. With Jerry Springer among the crowd in Tampa, Timmy, what'd you make of this matchup? I mean, that's a high-quality game by two high-quality teams. Tampa uh, beat at home, which is a rarity uh, to fall a 23-5 and five at home this season in front of Jerry Springer. You mentioned it. Jerry Springer was on hand for that game, and man, Jesse Rubinoff, Canada, that was a Jerry Springer affair. Now the gloves are going to come off as McNabb is going to go with Janot. He's got that right loose. 
to Petrangelo, and that was Petrangelo is after Stankos. Temperature went up 40 degrees in the second period. Now it's boiled over all over the place. Jerry, 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 It's interesting that those two teams, <laughs> those two teams, it's physical play like that that sort of separates them when it comes to the postseason too, right? It's like interesting that, you know, it's a regular season game, you don't read too much into that. Right. But and when they it comes both to the don't need it. They don't they that's how they operate and oftentimes in a playoff series, that's what wears the other team down. So that's entertaining. But that, that's that's not where the beef stops today, Jimmy. Yeah. No, no, no. and a leopard can't drop its stripes, no. right? Like you don't just make up a tough team. No, no question about it. Right. Um the beef. Uh let's talk about the rivalry between Draymond Green and Dylan Brooks because more beef. It had its latest chapter last night. In case you need a bit of a refresher, it began when these two teams squared off last postseason when Green was ejected from game one for a flagrant two on Brandon Clark. Then Brooks took out Gary Payton in game two, and the two have traded verbal jabs ever since. Brooks said in an ESPN profile, quote, I don't like Draymond at all. I just don't like Golden State. I don't like anything to do with them. Green then had this to say on his podcast. He said, I don't like Draymond at all. You don't know me. I just don't like Golden State. I quite frankly wouldn't like a team that beats me all the time either. Draymond talks a lot. You talk a lot now. So if you have four rings, sure, you talk a lot. If you ever wondered why the Memphis Grizzlies is not ready to compete for a championship, look no further than this idiot right here. Oof. Oof. Well, last night, the two teams battled again. Draymond dropped 16, while Brooks dropped 14 points in a spirited affair that the Grizzlies won handily, 131-110. Here's what Brooks had to say after the game. What a shot. Saga City, stand up. You told me before the game you were going to talk a lot. We saw you talking to a lot of different people tonight. What was the message that you had to Draymond? That's what I do. I talk. And, you know, I told him. I told I, I told him that um, you know keep that mic keep that mic he's better at the mic than pooping you know what I'm saying so keep doing his podcast keep blogging keep doing his thing off the court though it's cute it's fun for him that was an impressive showing tonight hey thank you appreciate it appreciate it you should give the mic to Draymond make him talk about me what was that make, make him keep talking about me so I can play better <laughs> roll the audio again yeah let's go Jerry 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 you got to. You got to get into it. You <laughs> I don't know if you got, you got to. I'm going to be honest with you. Okay, Brian, I'm going to do that anymore. It's kind of awkward. Please don't clip it, anybody. Brian Leach, you're watching. We don't need that one, okay? Yeah. Thank you. We don't need everything. We don't need that one. Are so. you sure about that? Yeah. No, we don't. We don't need <laughs> hey, Yeah, you love it. You love it, Ruben. No, no, Do no. they know that they're the same guy? Like, I, I always used Draymond to say this. Draymond and Dylan Brooks? Yeah. I always used to say this, like, when guys would fight at my school, like, growing up when you were young, like, you don't realize how often it's the same dude fighting. It's like they should get along because of th they're similar? No, they don't get along because they're the same. Because mm -hmm. they're the same pain in the ass mm -hmm. that is trying to find a way to make millions in the NBA, and neither of them are good enough scoring 
or, or being athletic enough to make a ridiculous difference, so they find a way to be an effective NBA oh, yeah. player. And both of them have, like, I know Dylan Brooks takes a lot of heat. A lot. And I know that I'm a kind of guy that would defend him because he's Canadian. I won't defend him because he's Canadian. I'll defend him because he's made himself relevant in the NBA by working his ass off and doing things that other guys won't do. Guess who else does that? Draymond. Draymond Green. Mm-hmm and won't back down from anyone and will be there from the fight. And he's almost insulted because Dylan Brooks tries to do the same things that he does. And oftentimes, it's those two pit bulls that you throw into a ring and you you think they're the same and they want to fight because they're the same. Oh, for sure. You mentioned that Dylan Brooks is taking a lot of heat. Draymond has taken a lot of heat over the years, too. Yeah, of course he has. But this is excellent for the NBA, is it not? It's fantastic. I, I realize that's a lot of, of vitriol and a lot of negative reactions when it comes to specifically Brooks lately, but this is awesome. It's what you want. You want rivalries. You want villains. I, I agree with that. I just hate the fact that someone can't play hard without it being a beef off the court. Right. Like, imagine that in the NHL or Major League Baseball. It is like, annoying. A yeah. guy just, like, let him play hard yeah. and then compliment him at the end. Yeah. Man, that guy's a pain in the ass to play against. Mm-hmm. That's awesome because that's what happens in the NHL. You're right. It does. It does kind of become a little childish. To a certain point. It does become childish when it when it moves off the court a little for, bit. For me. Yeah. No, I, but I, I know there's that. people that will eat it up with a knife and fork. Yeah. yeah. The the likes prove it yeah, on Twitter yeah, and Instagram. And, sure. and the retweets. And no the, doubt. Oh yeah. Without yeah. a doubt. All right. Listen. Spring training continues down in Florida following split squad action yesterday. Jays given almost uh, all of their regulars a breather today as they face the Red Sox in Fort Myers. So they send down a group that includes Zach Thompson, acquired from the Pirates in the offseason, fourth appearance of the camp. Bottom two facing former Jay Rymel Tapia. That's a chopper. Thompson struggles to get it, but eventually gets the out. He had three scoreless with two strikeouts. Okay. Okay. Not bad. Long guy out of the pen. That works. Okay. Top three, Jay's second second ranked prospect, Oravis Martinez. He's kooky, he's nutty, he's crazy. Now he's just off the wall. Good for a double. He'd later score. Guess what? That's all the offense they needed. Jays, no matter who they send, pitching it. Two nothing. Your final. If you give a bleep. Training's too long. I'm ready. Uh, this isn't too long. World Baseball Classic. Lars Newtbar, St. Louis Cardinals, getting his guys jacked up. We got six games left as brothers and as family. Last last night. First game nerves are over with today. We play loose and we play free. Newpar's bum, Japanese heritage, great pump-up speech from the first national team player not born in Japan. He's a hero. Yeah, he is an absolute hero. He's the pepper shaker. This is the new hot celebration in all of Japan, which I think kind of looks a little weird, but whatever. Pepper grinder understood. Bottom of the third, Juan Nutbar delivers a single. And his name's Nutbar, right? Like, that's a part of this. Top five, Hassan Kim. Searching for his first hit of this World Baseball Classic. This is trouble. Oh, Lars Nootbaar did do. Nootbaar. Pepper grinder it up, kids. That's right. Japan 13-4 winners as Shohei Otani delivers two RBIs, two for three. 
He also stands on second. Pepper grinder it up. Japan 2-0 to sit atop Pool B. As you already saw, 13-4 is your final in that one. What are you doing? You just asked Brian Leach to not meme you. I'm just asking. And then you, you did the pepper that's grinder. A, that's. Come on. I'm not doing it. <laughs> Do you know what's going to end just, up on I the know, internet? I know. I just wanted to make sure I was in tune with you, what was you happening. Li- you like being the memes. There's no way you do that without like, be, like, like being a part of the memes. <laughs> Do you know what that one's going to look like? Oh, my I, God. I understand. I understand. The, the it only, hit me as it was happening. The, oh, only, yeah. the only thing better than all of the pepper mills? Is, it is that what you call is it? Is it better, though? Yeah. Pepper mills? Pepper grinder. Pepper grinder? Mm-hmm. Are those the same thing? I don't know. I don't know either. I'm not good. Legitimate question. I'm not, at, I'm not good in the kitchen. At Tim and Friends, digital producer will take care of that. Uh, the only thing better than the pepper grinder slash mill is what <laughs> Team Italy had mm. on their bench, which oh, was this is so elite. an espresso machine. Yeah. Team Italy has arrived with an espresso machine that's too good. in the dugout, and that's non Gemali, I'll tell you. That's like, not so bad. That, I, 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 I ain't going like to tell you could, one time. That could, what is that? What are you talking about? Oh, my God, with a T? Look at that. There's actually there's She's not too bad. Espresso in there? Oh my goodness. Signature cup. He's got his own cup. What do I have over here? I got hey. the short end of the Com- short hey. end of the stick hey. on that one. Compadre. Vini qua. <laughs> Sit down, let's have a special. Oh my goodness. Because Still to come. It's not cold. Michael Grange from LA. As the Raptors get set. You can touch in 20 minutes. To wrap up. It's gotta be freezing by this point. Their road trip against the Lakers. Ah! I'm no mind, let's go! Alright, it's a little to take off. It's a Friday with a Jesse Rubinoff as the Players' Championship continues. Plus, after the break, we're gonna drink a little bit of Spro, okay? Okay. Devin Shore trying to take advantage. Center and pass, one timer, score! And this game is tied! There's a shot, scores! 3 2 Edmonton, it's first lead of the night! The Oilers come all the way back and win this one in dramatic fashion. Oh, they're talking. They're discussing the podcast. What was the message that you had to Draymond? That's what I do. I talk. And, you know, keep doing this podcast, keep blogging, keep doing this thing off the court. You know, it's cute, it's fun. Make sure they will not remain winless. Gillig allows. Deep drive to center. Back on it is Deluzio at the wall! It's gone! Oh, look at this. Jesse, that's going to be, it's not going to be a pepper. Alright, we got breaking news. NFL coming up. Big time move out of Chicago. Adam Rank next. All right, I've seen enough of this. <laughs> we thought it was the free agents. We thought it was the official New Year opening Wednesday, 4 p.m. Eastern. We thought it was going to be Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets. We thought it was going to be Lamar Jackson's been tagged. Tua picked up. That's breaking news today. That means they're basically out of the, out of the running for maybe like a Lamar Jackson. OBJ's working out again. 
Nah, all that to the back burner. We have breaking news, Jesse, and it's got to do with the April draft. In the last five minutes, and this is big, the Chicago Bears are trading the number one overall pick in the draft to Carolina in exchange for pick number nine, number 61, a first-round pick in 2024, a second-round pick in 2025, and, oh, you know, just to throw in, in DJ Moore at the end of all of that, wide receiver. Unbelievable breaking news. A lot of people. In fact, I wrote my questions down for this, Mm -hmm. and I asked our next guest, noted Bears fan, Adam Rank, who joins me now. One of the questions I wrote down was, of course, the Bears draft Anthony Richardson with the first overall (laughs) pick. They sign Matt Nagy to be the offensive coordinator and force him into being a pocket passer. None of that is going to happen, Rank. What do you make of... The Chicago Bears dealing this first overall pick, even though we had kind of heard some speculation. No, you know, and a lot of people have been talking about the Carolina Panthers being the team that was going to move up. And the biggest thing was making sure that you got a first round pick for 2024. I think that was the number one thing because you look at a lot of the teams uh, that have some fun this year, the Eagles getting a top 10 pick, the Lions, you know, as well as they finished last year, they're picking in the top 10. That's the kind of situation you want to be in if you're the Chicago Bears and you hope they go out there, have a good season, challenge for the playoffs, knowing full well that you have Carolina's first pick. I am now rooting against the Carolina Panthers for next season. (laughs) I apologize to all my friends who work in the Carolina Panthers social media department. I'm rooting against you. We're enemies now. Uh, I have to root against you. But I think this is a pretty good pick. I think that the DJ Moore, by the way, DJ Moore yeah. is in this thing as well. I think that that's one of the things that everybody's been talking about. Right. The Bears need to go out there and fortify themselves with some offensive weaponry. And DJ Moore is that dude. So what do you expect then at nine from the Bears? Because I thought if they traded down, they would draft wide receiver. Does DJ Moore change what you think the Bears do? And listen, Justin Fields, in my mind, is a good quarterback that just needs a yeah. little bit of help. Yeah, that's going to be interesting to see because obviously there is a free agency period that'll Mm -hmm. be upcoming here. And the Bears, a lot of people speculated that if the Bears moved down to number nine, the player that they were going to target was the Ohio State wide receiver, Jackson Smith and Jigba. That could be the guy. And you know what? It still could be. Mm -hmm. If you think of a wide receiver room that has DJ Moore, Darnell Mooney, Chase Claypool, and JSN, uh, that becomes one of the better receiving rooms in the NFL. Yeah. A lot of a lot of great players, and we still have Bayless. We listen to me, uh, Bayless <laughs> Jones Jr. in there as a as a presence who who does a lot of fun things, uh, both returning the football and all that stuff. So, I I I, I don't believe that it rules the Bears out from taking a, a wide receiver, but it also gives them some flexibility too, because if one of these quarterbacks falls, let's say that Will Levis falls, like he's somebody who went out there in the right. combine did not have a great showing. If he falls, if there is a team somewhere like the Tennessee Titans who now all of a sudden want to move up or something like that, there could be additional movement from the Chicago Bears, but this is an exciting time for sure. Uh, Adam, uh, one of the things that I hear the most when I meet people in person is like, they say, when do you tape the show? And I say, we don't tape the show. The show is bleeping live. I got that last night, yeah. Did you you get that last night? Yeah. We we do it live so that when something (laughs) like this happens and we have the NFL Network's Adam Rank, who just happens to be a Bears fan on the show, (laughs) it is absolute TV gold. So... Did you capture me pumping my fist when we got DJ Moore as well? Because I, I think that's one of the things that's going to go. 
underreported. I, I saw you get really excited about DJ Moore. Way too excited for DJ Moore. But I understand it. You've already added the receiver, so if you want to go somewhere else in the draft, the Bears can go somewhere. So is this, like, for me, does this mean the Panthers are going C.J. Stroud? I don't know. For me, I think that it means Bryce Young. Bryce. I, I thought that he was the over one, the number one overall selection. This is the player that everybody's been talking about. There's really no reason to change your mind. I honestly believe that if you thought that C.J. Stroud or Anthony Richardson was your quarterback, you could have possibly made a deal with the Arizona Cardinals. And now if you're Houston and you had your hopes set on Bryce Young, you look at that combine performance by C.J. Stroud and you have to be very encouraged by what you saw. But the biggest thing is I, I, I feel bad for the for the Indianapolis Colts because you know what? You had an opportunity, but you decided to stay at number four. And now you're going to end up with Anthony Richardson. And I hope, and even, even then, you might have to move up with the Arizona Cardinals to get him. Because I truly believe that three quarterbacks are going to be the first picks in the draft. So now Arizona is, a, is in a very uh, enviable position. Like Arizona now holds a lot of power. And if there are teams that were swayed, and we still don't know what Houston's going to do. Yeah. But if you're Arizona, and that's another team, you know, it kind of gets overlooked, but they need a lot of help as well. And they're going to likely let DeAndre Hopkins go. And there's going to be a lot of things happening. I really do believe that Arizona is in a great spot right now to really fortify themselves. And they need a lot of help uh, as well. So quickly, uh, the NFL mock draft database it just takes everyone's mock draft and throws them in there. I love it. Uh, has yeah. Bryce Young at one as well. So they agree with you. I, don't, I just... I wonder where C.J. Stroud ends up in all of this. It's going to be interesting to see, and I don't know. Well, about- I feel like it's also like there's a there's a possibility because C.J. Stroud, to me, it plays a lot like Justin Fields, where it's like we saw him dominate in a right. Power 5 conference, right. and yet people don't want to believe it. Then Anthony Richardson comes into the combine, is his athletic specimen. I'm like, you want to make this move. You want to, you want to take this guy who is not a better college quarterback than the guy that we've seen for years right. go out there and do his thing. Right. It's a very Mitch Trubisky-esque type thing to do, <laughs> and uh, I'm glad somebody else has to deal with that and not the Chicago Bears. Yeah, if, if he were to go uh, in the first round and he's going in the first round, it would be the least he amount is. of college starts since Mitch Trubisky. Um, all right, so listen, I, I don't want the full experience, but are we on right. the verge of Brett Favre 2.0 in Aaron Rodgers and the Jets? You know what? I, I know a lot of people hated Star Wars Episode 7 because it was too much like Episode 4. And yet here's Aaron Rodgers. This is J.J. Abrams' reboot of the end of Brett Favre's career where he's going to go to the Jets and the next year he's going to play for the Vikings. Then he's eventually going to start some charity in California and get in trouble for that. But listen, the thing of it is, is this like, is this is a this is the NFL. This is, but this is a good spot. This is absolutely a great spot. I think for the Green Bay Packers, it's time to move on. Now, you were talking earlier about Tua Tungavailoa. Yeah. The Miami Dolphins picked up his fifth-year option. Yep. The Packers have that same thing with Jordan Love. Jordan Love was part of that draft with Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Tua Tungavailoa. He went before Jalen Hurts. So the Green Bay Packers need some answers, especially with Caleb Williams out there. They need to figure out, for next season, of course. They need to figure out if Jordan Love is their quarterback or not. Get Aaron Rodgers out of there. This is played out. It's time to reboot the franchise. It's like it's like Fast and Furious. At some point, you're just going to blow the whole thing up and start over. 
I don't know if Jordan Love is the rock or not, but I whatever. Yeah. Here's my thing is, and for the Jets, you're not a bad team. And if you get a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers and you know run the football, play some defense, that could be a very formidable uh, team in the AFC. Okay, this is an unfair question for 90 seconds, but I'm going to do it anyway. I I drop Lamar Jackson into the old Twitter machine every bleeping day, and I wonder how it's come to this. Like. Is it just guaranteed money that they're worried wow. about? Is it because he'll get hurt running? I saw Mina Kimes say his passer rating inside the pocket was higher God. than Cousins, Rogers, and Brady yeah. last year. And yet teams are leaking that they won't pursue him. What in the good name of Brendan Ambedejo is going on here? I don't like it. It stinks to me. Like right. all these quarterbacks go out there and get deals and people are talking about Jimmy Garoppolo or, or what, whomever. Lamar Jackson is a former MVP in this league. And I think that the biggest problem with this Ravens offense over the last couple of seasons was Greg Roman. Listen to the players. Listen, like the players aren't taking shots at Lamar Jackson. Like guys are leaving Arizona and taking shots at Kyler Murray out the door. Nobody does that with Lamar Jackson. They love him. They love playing for them. And I think a lot of this comes down to when you don't have an agent and you're doing a lot of these negotiations on your own, these are kind of the problems that you run into. You know, some agent would have been out there asking the the Ravens for incentives years ago or doing things like that. But I just don't understand if I'm a fan of the Atlanta Falcons and I'm sitting there listening to my organization saying they will not take a chance. Like, why am I spending money to go watch teams play? Like, I you cannot sell me on Desmond Ritter when Lamar Jackson is available. And Lamar Jackson on that team, and you got Kyle Pitts, and you got Drake London. Like, those are the teams that should be clamoring for him. Why? Why are the Jets, the Jets go, why are you going after Aaron Rodgers when Lamar Jackson is right there? I know there's complications, but at least set, like set the contract that makes it difficult for the Baltimore Ravens to have to, to have to tag it and deal it and and match it and all that stuff. But it's a situation that I don't like. And it's one of the unsightly things in the NFL right now. Yeah. I feel like they're trying to play this game uh, with a former MVP, but uh, I never like playing the game with you. I just like talking football with you. Thanks for doing yeah. this, Adam Rank. Breaking news. Love it. Breaking news. Great right. day for the Chicago Bears. Thanks so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Oh, wait, you're looking good these days. Eh? Oh, you're saying? looking great. Yeah, you too. We look awesome <laughs> <Yeah>. together. <laughs> All right, after the break. Uh, Jesse will bring us a little thing golf. It's Friday. Oh. Plus, Canadian Zach Eady and Purdue in the Big Ten Tournament. They're in action today. We'll get you some highlights on a Canadian that could be your national. Sorry, a Canadian that will be your national player of the year. Selection Sunday. Coming fast. Tim McAuliffe, Jesse Rubinoff, Michael Grange is going to join us uh, from Los Angeles ahead of the Raptors and Lakers a little later on. But Jesse, it's Friday. It is Friday. And thank golf, it's fun. Oh, beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. We're back doing thank golf, it's Friday. Uh, it might still be snowy outside, obviously, in most parts of, of this country, but you better believe the golf schedule is heating up. Uh, the so-called fifth major on the PGA Tour this week at the Players' Championship at TPC Sawgrass. The winner will take home a cool $4.5 million, up 900K from a year ago. 900k yeah but we know john rom just won't found be winning that it. money yeah. yeah he won't be winning it this year because uh, the world number one pulling out of the tournament today due to a stomach bug ah. so maybe the door opens a little bit for a canadian the red hot rom they were hanging around let's check it on jordan spieth first par five ninth just off the green that's an eagle 
finishes at even par with the projected cut line uh, one over. It was a roller coaster day for Jordan Spieth. Par 4 6. 2019 Players Champion Rory McElroy. Downhill 25 footer for Birdie. Not going to get it done. Rolls past the hole. Just keeps going. Keeps going. Is it me? Keeps going. The smile. Wipe that smile off the smi face, Yeah, Rory. the smile. Wouldn't, I, I wouldn't have that. No. <laughs> All the way off the putting surface after a bogey on five. McElroy. That's a double bogey. He's at six over. So he done. Let's go to the famous par three 17th Island Green. Chad Ramey, two-stroke lead, just one career PGA Tour victory. Going with a nine iron. Lands safely on the green, but oh, case of the Rory's. Rolls off into you know, the water. I, if I grew my hair out, yeah. it would be the Island Green. <laughs> this is from the drop zone. Playing his third shot. I got oh, that's a firm yeah. green. That's tough. Uh, that's a seven, a quadruple bogey. He's four shots back. Meanwhile, Abbotsford BC's Nick Taylor on the par four fourth. Gotta be out of a divot than out of that bunker. Jeez. <laughs> Wrong side. And can he use the slope, Steve? He will. Slow down. A little bit too much juice Slow on down. that one. With a rough catch. No. Nope. Wow. Oh, <laughs> that's going to be a tough shot. Wow. I'm not sure I've ever seen that before. What are the odds? It's never been a ball there. No way. This place. The Canadian saved from the water but forced to take a draw. That's incredible. I've never seen that. Play it as it lies. <laughs> Good luck with that. That would be a bigger number than he ended up with. To another Canadian, Adam Svensson. Started on the back nine, par 5, 11. Creates the eight footer for Birdie. Par 5, second, the Surrey BC native. Birdie tried for a share of the lead, and that's pretty easy. His third of the day, Svensson tied for first. At eight under, only gets 11 holes in his play was suspended due to weather at the players. Look at all the Canadian that flags is, on that leaderboard. That is epic. Three in the top ten. Corey Connors just looks just outside the cut line now, but nonetheless, there's going to be some Canadian content coming fast and furious on the weekend. Uh, more CanCon. In fact, uh, we're going to go across the pond for the next. So we'll go across the island green. Mm -hmm. And then we'll go across that pond and have a look at what Jonathan David did for Lille today. Now, the Canadian forward had a hat trick for Lille in what ended up being a three-all draw with Lyon. Now, the goals moved David to the top of the League One scoring charts ahead of Lionel Messi, ahead of Kylian Mbappe, and to the top of Lille's goal scoring list in the 21st century, surpassing Aiden Hazard. Not bad for a Canadian boy, absolutely tearing it up. Those names. Here we are. Passing Mbappe and Hazard. And if you look right now, big four, where he ranks in goals scored this year, like he's, I mean, I guess, Erling Holland, and then, like, Jonathan David's there. I wonder eventually where he ends up, and there are rumors that this summer, there have been rumors for like a year and a half, mm -hmm. but... This summer might be the time that he actually makes the big move. And I don't want to stop the Canadian content there. Let's come back across the island green. This side of the pond, basketball and Canadian Zach Eady had a great weekend. Now, if you don't know the Purdue big man, get used to him. You will see him at March Madness. Not only was he named the Big Ten Player of the Year, but also Sporting News College Basketball Player of the Year. The Boilermakers trying to get a one seed in the tournament with a big performance at the Big Ten tournament. They took on Rutgers in the quarterfinals earlier today. Let's get you a look at the absolutely dominant big man for Purdue. Down five, takes the feed inside, 
bucket brews. They keep going to the seven foot four center who started with hockey and thought maybe this size would work better doing this. Boilermakers by just one at the break. Second half now tied at 36. Derek Simpson drives past his man Ethy. Get that garbage out of here. To quote a great man. Later in the half. Ethan Morton gets inside to Edie, another easy two-handed cram, then Edie in the post. All right, you're starting to realize why he is most probably your consensus national player of the year. Edie checking on the Rutgers big man after he caught him in the face. Not interested. He's Canadian. 16 points, 11 boards, and the Boilermakers survive the scare. 75, excuse me, 70-65, your final. Meanwhile, in Halifax, here in our home and native land, U Sports men's basketball final eight happening today. Three seed and three time defending national champions, Carlton, got 10 and 11 and 16 of the last 19. Uh, just squeaked by University of Quebec at Montreal. Heartbreaking losses by UCAM on both the men's and women's side. Number two, Ottawa handled Winnipeg. Same effects all over Queens oh my right goodness. now. And later tonight, UPEI against the number one seed, Victoria Vikes. All right on the women's side, semifinals are set for tomorrow. Top four seeds all still in play. Number three, Queens will take on number two, Alberta, while top seeded Carleton will play St. Mary's in Sydney, Nova Scotia. All right, on the other side. We will keep the basketball talk rolling. Michael Grange is going to join us from Los Angeles as the Raptors try and end their road trip on a high and avoid any more issues with <laughs> stripes. Bag with tough. Grange. Visit with Ryan Leslie in Calgary next. It's tough. Well, they might hold a grudge. Just saying. Thank you very much, Sheepdogs, back here. Final half hour of the week on Tim and Friends. Hockey Central will follow us. Before that, though, we'll visit with Michael Grange in Los Angeles. Raptors, Lakers. But first, the night on the ice. That's right, kids. The Flames host the Ducks in one of just two games in the show tonight. You can see it regionally. Sportsnet West. Seven local time in Calgary. After two straight dramatic wins, the Flames now four points back at the Jets for the final playoff spot in the West. So let's go. Why Calgary, Ryan Leslie. Ryan, no time for let up here for the Calgary Flames, eh? No, you are bang on, Tim, and you mentioned those two games prior. Now listen, the Calgary Flames have not won three in a row more than twice all year, and it has been a very long time since that's happened. So you're cautious because they've won two in a row, but they don't want to change anything in the way that their game has been executed. In the last two games, they finally, Tim, for the first time, I think, all season, at least in a couple of months, started to get rewarded. They've been on the wrong end of the way things can go near the end of games. Everybody knows about the one-goal games by now, and certainly they've found new ways to come up and break Flames fans' hearts with the way that they've lost. But the last couple of games, they came out on top. Tyler Toffoli's been absolutely clutch all season, and maybe most importantly, Jacob Markstrom has found his game the last five games or so. You could see that after the Minnesota win, uh, where they were all, at one moment, back in the locker room, at least 10 guys, they thought the game was over, came back, got the win, all hugs for Jacob Markstrom. So 
with his play, it's an added boost, certainly, to which this team desperately needs. Yeah. That's the word, as they get set to take on a, a Ducks team that is, you know, got points in six of the last seven. Their goals against in the last little while, well, 2.71. So, John Gibson and their defensive play have kept them in it. But certainly for Calgary, these are must-wins. Those last two that we talked about in Dallas and Minnesota and the next three, you have to have it as they continue to fight for their playoff lives. Yeah, without a doubt. The difference between good and great is consistency, and that's the one thing that Calgary's been missing all year long. Ryan, I got to ask, on, on January 28th, Ducks play the Coyotes. Uh, a little moment goes viral between Troy Stetcher and Trevor Zegras. Both those guys be on the ice tonight. Was it, was it a topic of conversation at all today? It did come up. I uh, asked both of them about it. And, uh, you know, to their credit, uh, they put it behind them saying that, you know, from Troy's standpoint, he's just here to try and help the Calgary Flames win hockey games. He's moved past it. Same uh, goes for Trevor Zegras, who said, you know, this is hopefully water under the bridge. He said he'd even give him a stick tap uh, out on the ice just as one final gesture to say, look, uh, things get said in the heat of the moment, and I don't want to weigh into all of those things, but certainly these are two players who are looking to put that incident behind them, Timmy. Uh, always appreciate it, my friend. Thanks. There is uh, Ryan Leslie in Calgary, Ducks and Flames. All right, big one tomorrow, Hockey Night in Canada. As the Leafs and Oilers face off, no word on whether or not Jack Campbell will get the start against his former team. Connor McDavid says he has no ill effects from the knee-on-knee uh, -knee from his own teammate against the Bruins and isn't focused on his own stats. But getting a win against the Leafs, yeah, that's what he's looking for. I want an Edmonton Oilers win. That's all I want. Um, you know, and if, uh, if um, that's how it works out, Personally, great. If not, you know, and I got to play a, a lesser role. That, uh, you know, that's that's great too. You know, uh, the, the the biggest thing is coming in here and and winning a big game against a good team in a tough building. Um, you know, so uh, that's our focus. We all love soup. I think. Uh you, know, you guys know how, how nice of a guy he is and how much he cares about his teammates and his friends and uh, the effort and, and work that he puts into his own craft. So, um, you know, it'll be fun to to go against him. Obviously, he's a competitor and, uh, you know, he, he uh, you know, definitely a game that I'm sure he'll, he'll be up for. So, um, you know, got to be ready. Got to try to put the puck in the net. Nice matchup. Both teams coming off real impressive wins. There was a big change in Philly because they haven't had many impressive wins. Uh, Chuck Fletcher out, Daniel Briere takes over as the interim general manager. The Flyers made the playoffs just once in Fletcher's four and a half years in charge, and their lack of moves at the recent tra trade deadline may have sealed his fate. To the CFL, the Alouettes have new ownership. The team was sold to Pierre-Carl Pelado, who is the President and CEO of Quebec Corps Inc. Interesting wrinkle in the sale, Quebec Corps' ownership of TVA because the LOS games are currently broadcast on their competitor in Quebec, RDS. Hmm. That's RDS, Justin. <laughs> you saw me looking at Sebi. <laughs> the, the Raptors finish out their five-game road trip tonight. For the matchup against the Lakers, Raps just one and three on the trip after a couple of tough losses, and the referees kind of at the center of it all. Ten on the clock, the pass underneath, and they're going to call a foul. Game just kind of went to shit. And a technical, technical on Scotty Barnes. Scotty Barnes just got thrown out by Scott Foster. Tough spot. It was absolutely nothing there. Nothing. I was just saying something to myself, and I 
guess he took offense to it. Scotty with a few more comments for Foster. I guess they were just mad. And a foul. There was a technical. I get a bull tech. Changes the whole dynamic of the game. Technical on Fred Van Vliet. Van Vliet having a word with Ben Taylor, who called the technical on Fred Van Vliet. He's asking Ben Taylor for an explanation. Ben Taylor was terrible the game up. Ben Taylor, not right now interested in giving him the explanation. Nobody's coming to see that. I'll take my fine for speaking on it, but um, it's just it's ridiculous. A few people have agreed with him since he said that. Uh, here to help us sort through what has been a tough road trip in more ways than one is Michael Grange from Los Angeles as the Raptors take on the Lakers. What's going on, Grange? How are you, buddy? Good to be here with you and my friends and your friends. We're all friends. We are all friends. At least we aim to be all friends here. It was interesting to hear Freddie do what he did. And um, you and I both think like this is one of the more insightful athletes that we've ever dealt with and I'm like any sport anytime do you think his message will get across or do you think like Doug Smith asked him yesterday it might go the other way um I think it was interesting he was fined 35,000 30,000 not 35,000 or 50,000 which would have been almost unprecedented for an athlete complaining or an NBA player complaining about official unofficial. So when you look at what he said, compare it to some of the other things athletes and NBA players have said had gotten fines, um, you know, like Fred was way over whatever line there is. I mean, it was both very, very specific. It was uh, very, it was also sweeping. And, and you know, but I, I kind of think that him not having a track record of going down this road and him, I think, being a respected guy in the league, you know, there's a little bit of, you know, maybe from the league's point of view and maybe within the officials, uh, you know, side of things, maybe there there is something that needs to be talked about and addressed. I mean, it's, it's going to be hard to do with this stage of the season. Um, all that said, you know, you know, the Raptors now – could be looking at problems with Scott Foster. I'm sure that, you know, they, they certainly thought he was a guy who had it out for them before. Um, I would, I, you know, you couldn't blame Ben Taylor if he took all that pretty personally. I mean, that was a really harsh, harsh uh, criticism of him in a very public way. And, you know, and Fred, you know, he didn't spare many of the other officials. You know, it was, uh, you know, it wasn't like one official in a crew or every other game. It was one or two officials in every game screws it up. And yeah. I'm paraphrasing. So, <laughs> so uh, you know, I think I think you know it'll be interesting to see if yeah. if like we're going to be counting fouls here, right? We're going to be we're, yeah. Refs are people. We say that a lot here. Like there there are vendettas. This is an unprecedented. Like Joey Crawford was one of the most respected referees in all of the game. And back when maybe some of the folks like Jesse weren't covering the game but weren't around it, we saw Joey Crawford get suspended indefinitely for the way he was reacting to one of the best players in the game. Like. We're not walking down that road, are we? Well, I don't know. I mean, it's a little early on this. Yeah. But um, it was interesting. The, the, what you're referring to is Joey Crawford tossing Tim Duncan because uh, Tim Duncan was laughing. He thought Tim Duncan was laughing at him when Tim Duncan was on the bench. That led to a suspension. But interestingly, Joey Crawford and you know he's been very open about this. You know he went to therapy after that. He he had a lot of issues. As good an official as he was, dealing with. Um, some of the personal elements of the job and the anger and, and uh, the kind of vitriol that you take in that role. And it, it saved his career and made him a better official. 
And I think um, all these things, they're always very unique and dynamic. You wish and would hope that, you know, they would they could get worked out in reasonable ways. You know, you'll hear players and coaches talk about a new kind of breed of an official, like a lot of new ones have come in as veterans have moved on. But I think the officials probably, if they were being honest, they would say they're probably dealing with a new breed, a new type of player too. They're younger. Yeah. They're less likely to, um, they're more likely to speak up if they've got an issue. So, um, you know, I think I think my take on all of this is is I really do accept what where Fred VanVleet is coming from in terms of and other players. You want these games to be played at a fever pitch. You want the athletes to be, be completely emotionally and physically invested. That's what makes it enjoyable. Fred VanVleet plays that way. And if you got guys going down and playing with that kind of energy, they're gonna they're gonna pop off once in a while. They're gonna wave their hands. They're gonna stomp their feet. They're gonna say something about a call. And I think, you know, how many times do those calls really need to turn into technicals? Did Scott Foster really need to to toss Scotty Barnes from the game? Probably not. Like the other two officials on the floor didn't even hear it. Yeah. Um, you know, it wasn't Scott like Scotty was up in his face. And I think similarly, and you know, as Fred relayed what happened with Ben Taylor the other night, you know, he was talking to his team in a kind of a crude, loud way. Certainly, the ref heard it, but again, he wasn't in in the, the official's face. He there was no need, I don't think, to escalate that. And I think that's where the refs need to do a better job as well. Okay, just as a basketball fan who has been in this market for a while. One of the things that I've always tried to talk down is like the refs aren't against you. These are problems that we see across the league. And one of the skills of NBA players, of NHL players that sometimes I can't even believe is how they're able to turn the other cheek, turn the page because the next play is so important. Like for the Raptors, that's exactly the same thing that they've got to go through here, right? Like, you can't be so focused on the officials and counting fouls and making sure you're not getting job that you don't do the job that you're set out to do. 100%. And it was interesting, like, what kind of kicked all this off, at least in the Clippers game, was Fred Van Vliet talking to his team and saying, you know, kind of a, that they were getting swept up by the whistle and, you know, yeah. we got to don't you got to play through this BS. So it is has been and, and recently has been an issue with the Raptors. And I think it's interesting within that team because, you know, on one level, like being a Toronto Raptor, like there is a kind of us against the world mentality or us against the league. That's the whole we the North uh, thing, Mantra, yeah. right? Yep. And, um, you know, and there's a long tradition in this league of, of like kind of almost a rock solid belief, proven or not, that superstars – uh, drive the officiating, they drive the calls, and you know the Raptors would look at the roster and do they really have a superstar? No, and so they're kind of feeling maybe a little hard done by that way too. But you're right, Tim. I mean that is no way to go about uh, stepping into a basketball game, and if that's sort of your mindset and you're willing to interpret, you know, 50-50 calls going your way as some kind of the beginning or signs some kind of conspiracy against you. Um, you know, you're making things a lot harder than they need to be. And so I think from the Raptors' point of view, they've got a lot of other issues to be concerned about uh, before they start con being overly concerned with the officiating. Right. Uh, one of those concerns, obviously, the Los Angeles Lakers tonight. Uh, they've won six of their last eight games. Uh, I was going to ask you, how the hell are they doing this? Do we need to look beyond Anthony Davis? That's a great place to start, yeah. obviously. And and Anthony Davis has had a couple of moments this year when he's been healthy and he's been rolling and he may be the best player in the game. 
And that's where he was headed uh, before injuries really kind of derailed his progress. And you just look at the last four games, I just, you know, 34-14 and three blocks a game. Uh, that gets you an MVP. And uh, no one questions Anthony Davis's talent, his ability. But I think the other thing that's happened is, you know, the, the moves the Lakers made around the trade deadline, just they, they filled out a roster. They're deeper. And so as a result, you know, with uh, LeBron James being injured, they have a competent team they can put around an elite player. And traditionally, right, if you're in this league and you have a true superstar playing at that level and you have can put, you know, four to six to seven other quality NBA players around them, you're going to be a good team. You know, you might not win, and that's where LeBron James getting back to health really matters. But, um, you know, I think that's the formula the, the Lakers are relying on right now. I, I believe they're – I think they're number one in team defense since the All-Star break. So – um, that's working for them as well. But, you know, right now, Anthony Davis is their horse. He's been able to stay on his feet for a number of games, and we are all glad to see that. And uh, he's playing basketball as, as well as any, any, any single player in the league right now. 38, 39, and 30 in his last three games. So I'll, give, I'll leave you with one more question. When and if LeBron James comes back, can the Lakers actually do damage when it matters most? I think they can. Yeah. I do. Um, just for the points I just made there. And then LeBron James, we've all seen him. He's still, uh, you know, does he have it for 82? No. Uh, does he have it when, you know, he's rested and ready and the stakes are high? I believe he does. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, you've got one guy, Anthony Davis, playing at an all MVP, all NBA level. You've got LeBron James, who we've seen at times this year play at that level as well. And you have some depth around them. Can they pull it all together? Um, in the short amount of time they're going to have together is another question. But, um, you know, the way the West is, I, I believe, is wide open. Uh, earlier in the show, I made an Alton Lister reference. Michael Grange, do you remember Alton Lister in any way, shape, or form? He was a fine second. Uh, I think he was a backup center with the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say he played 500 NBA games. He, he moved around the league. Uh, actually, I can look it up for you real quick here. NBA.com. And it's taking a little too long to load. Ooh, Michael Grange. He played over 900 wow. NBA games. Okay. And Jesse. Seven seasons with the Bucks. Yeah, seven seasons with the Bucks. Uh, here is what he's most known for and why I made the reference earlier in the show. Alton Lister, meet Rain Man. <laughs> oh. And the, just the point the after. Yeah. Like that, it, that's power you don't really see anymore. Yeah. Um, to quote Sherman Hamilton, the disrespect. Yes. Yeah, that was massive disrespect. Well, I can understand why he's known for that. <laughs> yeah, there yeah, you go. Yeah. Yeah. Michael, appreciate you. I appreciate that highlight. <laughs> it's a pretty good one. Did you ever do that at Mount Allison? Uh, not on a 10-foot rim. Absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> uh, always great catching up. Enjoy the game tonight. Enjoy L.A., buddy. Thanks. There is uh, Michael Grange from Los Angeles, Raptors, Lakers tonight. Time for one last break. We'll get to That is one of the better in-game dunks of all time. It's like an NBA jam dunk. Coming from the rooftop. Just the power. Remember NBC, NBA and NBC Showtime? That's so good. Oh, so, so good. We hope your game day starts with Tim and friends, and here's what follows us today on the network. Hawks and Panthers after Hockey Central. Flames hosting the Ducks, Ridgely Sports Net West. 
And the World Baseball Classic continues as well. By the way, Jesse, did you see the hat? I wore the hat into the, into the into the. I complimented the, you yeah, right away. The building. I didn't mean to throw a curveball at you. No, here, no right, right away. Everyone's crushing the jerseys. The hat is dope. The jerseys. <laughs> I don't wear that. I, I should have bought the hat. Yeah. The That's hat is, nice. is exceptional. Really nice. Yeah. I, I literally, this yeah. is the first thing I said to you when I saw yeah. you today. Yeah. Not even hello. Just a nice hat. Nice hat. Uh, the Flames host the Ducks tonight. Calgary are four points back. I think you said move it along after two. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, nice hat. Move it along. Exactly. Uh, four points back in Winnipeg for the final wildcard spot in the West. The Flames are hoping to win their third in a row for the first time since early December. As you can expect, they're heavy favorites tonight. So do the Flames keep rolling? I mean, listen, if you look at the history between these two teams, it would suggest a minus 375 favorite on the money line at home. They are 32-17, and 17, excuse me, they've outscored them 32-17 in their last eight meetings. Those meetings have gone 7-0-1 in favor of the Calgary Flames. Uh, as Ryan Leslie said earlier, they don't win three in a row a hell of a lot. At least they haven't won three in a row a hell of a lot this year just twice they're going to try and do that again tonight this is the team to do it against but you gotta finish you can't go in there thinking that you can just roll over anyone see the ottawa senators in chicago against the blackouts i would prefer if it wasn't canadian teams fighting for a playoff spot yeah me too they just sort of all made the you and i cheering game. for all canadian teams yeah to make the that's allowed is that allowed canadian better be allowed yeah hopefully uh, all right big game of hockey night in canada tomorrow when these two teams Met on March 1st, many were wondering if Jack Campbell would get the start against his old team, but it was Stuart Skinner in net for the Oilers against the Leafs. He stopped 26 of 28 shots. He faced as the Oilers won 5-2. Mitch Marner spoke about Campbell today. I think the great thing about him is, you know, as a teammate, as we got to learn, it didn't matter if he was starting or not, he's still the same guy and still an awesome teammate to be around and a uh, special human being. So. Um, you know, regardless of whatever happens, I'm sure he's going to obviously be cheering for uh, for them. But I'm sure it'd be very cool for him to play in that Scotiabank Arena, and I'm sure the love he's going to get is going to be uh, pretty epic. Any chance we see Campbell and Net? I mean, the numbers would suggest something different. We mentioned Skinner's last four; he's four and zero with a 9.27 save percentage. The Oilers aren't exactly home and cooled when it comes to the playoff race. Uh, you can see Campbell's last five starts not exactly. Uh, setting the world on fire and he wears it sometimes where he needs a little bit of a break would facing his former team help that's the question banged up right yeah Leafs are one of the highest scoring teams in the league but they are also one of the more banged up teams in the league right now I don't know but Jay Woodcroft and the Edmonton Oilers probably are going to need Jack Campbell to win a few games down the stretch here and that always plays even if you think Stuart Skinner is your starter you have to get Jack Campbell in a spot where he can grab points for you as well. And that's true of every yeah. goalie on every team in the league. Eventually, you need them. And I just, I don't know if this is the spot. <laughs> Probably not. It's good offense. Just, I, you know, you hear other players talk about Jack Campbell, and you can't help but cheer for him. And that's why, like, for me, it's like it's so hard to watch him struggle. Because so many guys, you know he wears it on his sleeve, and so sure. many guys speak so highly of him. Sure. 
sure he'll get a great reception uh, regardless of whether he's in the net or sitting on the bench. Uh, let's take a break from sports for a second. The Oscars are on Sunday. No sports movies up for best picture, but I know the people are dying to know the answer to this question. What's oh the best God. movie you saw this year? If you need time to think, I can stall for you. Do you uh, I saw Elvis, and it's really good, but I haven't seen anything else. I mean, I have two kids at home. Understand. kind of busy. You don't have any kids. Just Peanut. No, just Peanut. Yeah. Peanut. Have you seen any movies? movies? Yeah. Top Gun was my favorite of the year. Come on. For sure. Uh, the Fablemans was also excellent. I've heard really good well things. done. Spielberg yeah. uh, was really good. But I, I would, if you haven't seen Top Gun, I would find really? maybe Top an Gun IMAX. At the Oscars? Mm -hmm. I know it's surprising, but it was excellent. Really well done. And the uh, theme let, song is just. Let me know if you fantastic. agree with him in any way, shape, or form. It's in there. Tim and Friends. That does it for us. Thanks for watching this week. They don't usually give it to those kind of movies. I, it probably won't win, but, you know. As we leave you, let's take a look back at the week that was in Tim and Friends because it's Friday then, it's Saturday, Sunday. It's Friday then, it's Saturday, Sunday, what? It's Friday then, it's Friday, Sunday, what? It's Friday again, it's Friday, Sunday, International Women's Day has been a full week here on Sportsnet Tim and Friends, so let's make it safe. Billie Jean King, please help me welcome back. From Indian Wells, Bianca Andrescu, Natalie Spooner so joins excited. us now. Sarah Nurse, thank you both for coming on. Nafisa Collier joins me in studio. Welcome to Tim and Friends. Thank Welcome you. to Canada. The two-year anniversary of Tim and Friends. <laughs> I wasn't sure it would last two weeks. Hopefully have you more excited than Steve Ballmer and his toilets. Toilets! 1106 toilets urinals! You know what? Steve Ballmer is right. We need more toilets. And I am so desperate for more toilets. The referees have been terrible lately. And yes, Freddie is right. Scott Foster. What are you doing out here? Like the college ref who's just Everyone knows in the big moment he's dying to call the charge. And he. Yeah. <laughs> Little poke in the, the you know what. The, the Corey Perry. Perry and the Corey yeah. Perry's very nice. Perry's berries. Ilya looked good after he got oh. hit in the Samson arms, eh? You know when a guy puts the tip of his stick in that, in the nether regions. You get a lot of descriptions for that. General. Well, yeah. You, you, when you work 20 years in this business in yeah. sports, like you better come up with a couple of things. <laughs> he has crazy. the largest knob on his bat in the history of Major League Baseball. Johnny, that thing is about four inches of pure athletic tape. Yeah, happy anniversary. By the way, my picture should have been bigger in the montage. <laughs> that doesn't for us. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. <laughs>